Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. In this edition of Big Drive Energy, we're going to discuss the first round of the PGA Tour and FedEx Cup playoffs where my pick, Willie Z at plus 2200 on the DraftKings Sportsbook came through in an insane playoff. We're going to recap it all. We're going to discuss the Tiger Woods-led meeting from the PGA Tour discussing the live. And we're also going to talk about the top 10 douchebag moves in golf. Zyre Golf had something posted this week, and we're going to give you our own spin on that. And, of course, this is all brought to you by Pins and Aces. Pins and Aces is the official sponsor of Big Drive Energy. And they hooked it up at the tournament at the Skyline Scramble. And we just got a whole new shipment in at the Valley of Fun. The Colorado shirt is already sold out. I sold the last one today. We're out of it. The the head covers, the ball markers, everybody loves them. We're selling out of them everywhere. So make sure you head over to pinsandaces.com. Use the promo code BDE, like Big Drive Energy, and you're getting 15% off plus free shipping anytime you make an order on the dopest golf polos and golf apparel in the game. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any. Somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. It's another week of the FedEx Cup playoffs, and we are back. We're back in the winner's circle. Shout out me for the great pick, Willie Zalatoris, plus 2,200. Gave that out last Wednesday, and we got a winner. You love to see that shit, dude. That's uh, that's rare on your end, I feel like. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, we're actually, so we're doing a pod at Casa de Mitchell right now at my kitchen table. Spencer's drinking some of my good wine that's going to waste because he doesn't know fuck about wine, but 
I can tell his face is all red now, so he's all fucking hopped up and ready to rock. And he already hates me for this, so this is perfect. Pod could get interesting after a couple glasses of vino. <laughs> yeah, Spencer. Uh, dude, I'm the same way with wine. Like, you can tell when I've had like three sips because my face just turns bright fucking red. Oh, I can feel it. I feel like a cherry. <laughs> I mean, I kind of get that way when I drink anyways. I just get red as fuck. But when, when it's whatever it is with wine, dude, it just makes my face hot. Like, yeah, look at you just out here sweating, testing the waters right now. Um, so fucking intense playoff. That was just the, the tournament in general was actually a lot of fun, but first of all, we need to talk about like the fucking elephant in the room here. The fucking leaderboard was pretty lame. <laughs> like, yeah, it didn't get your stinger up. Really. No, let's, let's go through the fucking top 10 here and you tell me who you give a fuck about. <laughs> um, Will Zalatoris, yeah. Pretty pretty big name. Sepp Straka, no. No, I did pick him to win a tournament, I think, a couple weeks ago. And he, he missed the dude, cut. Dude, he, every week, like, it's one of those where it's like a stock market pick. The week you're on him is the week he sucks. Like, you need to be ahead of it. Because if you're, if he plays well one week and you're like, oh, I'm on him next week, he's going to shoot 85. You're telling me to auto bet Sepp Straka every week now? Well, maybe. Because, dude, he's, he's had some fucking good weeks, like... I mean, let's look at what kind of year he's had because he's had a low-key. I feel like he's not that big of a name, obviously, but he had... What was the other tournament that he had a really high finish in, or did he win? I think he won a tournament. That Was that the one in the rain? I think he did, if my phone would load. Um, I think he did win this year, like very low-key... Not really in anyone's face, but he's a pretty low-key dude anyways. So, yeah, he has won this year. And he has four top tens in 31 starts. He's made almost five million bucks this year. So, he's not too in too bad for himself. Um, but just a name that nobody really gives a fuck about. Let's be real. Do you know what the weirdest thing about this dude is? He looks like he should be, like, South African. Like, he looks like he should have a serious accent. Nothing. Just... just normal vanilla as fuck uh just as white as he is like he and he's very very white um i'm we're both white so we can say that <laughs> i think <laughs> we can talk about how white he is yeah he's very very white and i mean he he played his ass off played pretty fucking well uh pretty unfortunate luck in the play well i wouldn't call it unfortunate luck um we'll get into the playoff here in a second i'm just gonna finish rounding out this leaderboard um so this my my argument's kind of going downhill. We have Lucas Glover T three, eh, not really a name anyone cares about anymore. Sexiest golfer with a beard. He is a man podcast. rocket. Still one of the only guys that doesn't wear a glove. Weird fucking move. I love like, that move. That's my move. Yeah, and you don't play on tour. You correct. <laughs> you shoot eighty occasionally, <laughs> most of the time. No, you. I'm just kidding. But Lucas Glover just. Weird, crazy move by him. Um, but yeah, he played pretty well. One of those dudes that it doesn't really, like you said, just doesn't get your dauber up, doesn't get your stinger up. So uh, Lucas Glover, T3, Brian Harmon, another guy that really nobody cares about. That dude's legit my size and like probably weighs half what I do. And left-handed, and he and, beats it and he, for he his can, size. He can move it. Yeah, he can definitely move it. He hits a big sling and draw. He was a part of that... Uh, that that Georgia squad that was super good back in the day with uh, Harris English and 
who else is on Georgia? They Russell Henley, like I, we've talked about that Georgia team before, but just a bunch of fucking the dogs. They got that the, dog in them. They got that fucking dog in them. Well, dude, speaking real quick of size, it still blows my mind every time I see how small Justin Thomas is and Rory. That they those two are fucking tiny. Like that's the one sport where I feel like every other sport you look at a player and you're like, oh, like he's it, he's not that big, and then you see a guy in real life and you're like, Jesus Christ, that's a mountain of a man. Golf is the opposite. They yeah, we're so they much, much bigger. bigger. Even Ricky Fowler, dude, he's not a big guy at all either. I think his wife's taller than him. Oh, is that? How do you feel about that? That's a bad look. See, dude, but dude, now, a guy that's a guy now that's it's kind of flipped. Like, there's there's a lot of famous celebrities that are married, like short kings like myself that are marrying these like five foot ten bitches, not bitches, just chicks. Sorry, uh, I, Jesus. I know, it's a little excessive. Um, somebody of the opposite sex or the same sex, you know, we're, we're all about that too, but they're marrying people much taller than they are. Mostly female. Yeah. And but it's funny because a who, five, six it? dude looks as tall as a five ten woman. Yeah. Which is like, kind of weird. Like a, when a, it's like a weird philosophy that we've kind of grown to know. As Shout a, out Wade and Trish Coffin. They both, they both listen to this pod and I think Trish has got Wade by a couple inches, but they, they pull it off. Um, and Wade's our fucking boy, so I just got to give him a shout out there. Uh, but yeah, like, who's the one really famous? Is it the the red haired chick from uh, Game of Thrones? What's that chick's name? I just started watching that show, so I'm not too up on it. Oh fuck, really? I'm in like episode six. Wow, wow, you're like falling, five years behind. I keep falling asleep, dude. dude in all can't. honesty, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I feel like the first three or four seasons are really good. And then there's this the kid that gets hurt and he's in a wheelchair. He just has this really brand, brand yeah. He has a really weird storyline and like they really push that on you. And I just didn't like any of it. I'm like, fucking get this kid out of the picture. It's just not a whole lot of action. Not a big fan of Raisin Brand. <laughs> Clearly, no. I I just didn't know. I, I'm I don't have a great attention span anyways, and you can vouch for that. So like when I get to a boring part of a show or something that just doesn't grab me, I just immediately tune it out. I'm like, let's get back to the fucking white walkers. Let's get back to the war sex and war. That's what sells. Like, yeah, I'm at the point where he like sees the two brother and sister banging each other. Yeah. And and that's pushed off the wall. Yeah. 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 And now he's like waking up. Like that's kind of where I'm at. I'm waking up to this whole story. Yeah. The whole, uh, what's that? Um, incest kind of things a little fucking weird too i mean there's a lot of weird parts of that show um but let's get back on topic a little bit back to what we were previously talking about i don't even necessarily remember what we were just talking about well we were just talking about the the week oh overall well, no, weakness I, of okay, the leaderboard I was, I was for a about, fedex cup event i was talking about short short kings oh okay um, we're gonna going all the way back no we're exactly halfway we're, not, rewinding. <laughs> we're not going all the way back to the original we're, we're talking about the short kings uh, but yeah, somehow dudes like guys can pull that off. I've never dated a girl taller than me. Same height was the closest I got, and that's even hard to deal with. Like they got to be shorter. Like I mean, your wife's not short by any means. Um, what is she? Probably five seven, five eight. I think she's like five six, dude. Is she really? Yeah, she okay. seems taller than she is. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. She does, sure. she seems a little taller than she is, but uh, maybe but it's... not big. I, you can't use big. What? Like if you say bigger, oh, I fucking missed. I got in trouble for that one. I'm what? like, you're bigger than you look, but I didn't. Mean, <laughs> but I didn't yeah, mean it like that. that like is, I meant like you, that is like, being a husband that's, 101. That's not what you. 
That's you're not talking about a we football were player. At, we you're were talking dating. about your wife. We were dating at the time, so you're like, like, oh, they look bigger in person. You say that about a fucking defensive end. You don't say that about your wife. No, but it was it was meant to be like you said. I mean, you think my wife's fucking five eight? She's barely five six, probably maybe even five five. She looks bigger, taller than she is. Like there she you, just yeah. It's kind of the thing. You gotta you gotta say taller. You can't say yeah. bigger. That's, but that's my my point is is that's where I was going. With I feel like I look taller than I am because I'm built like a fucking propane tank. Like I see, I hate. I don't want to rag on anyone, but like dudes that are pretty short and then they're like super like skinny. That's just a rough look. Like they look tiny. Like I'm thick, so I can. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it's just my own fucking way of thinking I get away with it by being short but thick like it kind of gives me a little extra something like you can't call me tiny because I'm not tiny like I could be short but I'm not tiny because if you fucking seen me I'm not a tiny human yeah I don't think anybody would describe you as tiny (laughs) yeah that's not except maybe your girlfriend oh okay goddamn that's not the first uh adjective that comes to mind when I look in the mirror so uh but anywho yes getting back to the the PG2 to her leaderboard um it go down the list and i mean there's a few then then there were some big names but they just weren't in contention it was adam scott and then john rom morikawa finau fitzpatrick so i mean that little bunch there and then justin thomas was it at nine under so he was just outside the top 10 um and cam smith finished top uh t13 at nine under two but just you wow i think i just short-circuited but is this weird to say i miss seeing uh, dustin johnson's name on leaderboards yeah like isn't that weird we haven't really seen it though even when he was on the pga tour for a while i mean the live leaderboard it's so small you can see everybody on it at one time so he's on the leaderboard there i do i do understand you're saying like there's just nothing like dustin johnson when he's hot there's no player like it. Maybe a Rory. Sometimes, like, I don't know where... Was it Riviera when Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth were in a playoff? And it was just fucking fire? Like, I don't know why that... I feel like that firepower is just missing a little bit. Like, it feels like the PGA Tour of 40 years ago. Where there's, like, the six or seven really big names. And then it's... I wouldn't call them throwaways. But it's just a bunch of, you know, fucking smaller names um so it it was a little bit weird didn't feel like the flat because technically i guess they call that the pj tours flagship event because um it is the fedex cup and it's the fedex saint jude i know did we talked about this last week but you didn't realize that the fedex is like a big sponsor of the pj tour did you i didn't realize <laughs> oh it that's until, they're based like, in memphis oh yes that's no what i i understand that they that they're the fedex cup playoffs so i would imagine they're a pretty big fucking sponsor did you ever hear the craziest story ever about how fedex's owner like got his start no he started fedex like 30 or 40 years ago and he was about out of money like fucking I don't really know the logistics, the ins and outs of it, but he was about to go bankrupt, went to the casino, hit a jackpot for like 30 grand, and that kept his business going long enough to create what is now a multi-billion dollar company. Like he was he was probably a few months away from FedEx never existing now. So how fucking insane is that? 
just goes to show you gambling is not always a bad thing. <laughs> Sometimes it works out. Yeah. Every once in a while you hear a good story. So you just just hold on to that. Um, but yeah, just, just an interesting leaderboard. Um, the golf course showed out. Some of those greens, dude, are fucking look like they're five paces wide. A few, like, I think if that's a course that you and I were to play, it, it borderline looks like Mickey Mouse because it's so fucking tight. And even on 18, that fairway was tight. Like, that was a 450-yard par four, which is not short. That fairway, if you missed it in the rough to the right, you couldn't even hit the green. You could not aim at the green if you were in the right rough, which is fucking bananas. Like... Well, didn't you, this course used to be like just some random non FedEx Cup the, event? It used to be like just, the St. Jude was like a laugh, laugh. It, it was a lower, event. it was a lower end, but then they moved it to a WGC, and now they have it moved to a playoff event. So it's definitely gained clout. I think partially because of the course just being one of the favorites on tour. Like I genuinely think a lot of these guys just love the course that much, and it's such a good track that they kind of push for that but also at the same time it makes sense with uh with the fedex being the the title sponsor and all that to have something right outside of memphis also another fun fact and oh we're going into geography real quick which i know everyone will appreciate shout out tim cornella um he can go fuck himself (laughs) no i love tim but no i'm no geography expert but the first time you and i went to memphis three or four years ago four years ago um, it's fucking like 20 minutes from Mississippi. Remember that? Yeah. Well, there was casinos like on the Mississippi, Tennessee, uh, border and Spencer, the fun fact about us or well, specifically Spencer, but, um, both of us, I mean, I love a good casino. He's just a degenerate. Uh, no matter where we go on a trip, the first thing that happens when we land is Spencer looks up to see if they have casinos there. And then if they do, we're usually at one. I just love gambling. I do too. Like, but the the big thing is table games. If you don't have fucking table games, I'm out. Yeah, I'm not fucking shoving shit in a slot machine. Even though you fucking had a horseshoe shove somewhere. Sometimes, yeah, I just get lucky. Would you win like eight grand in New Orleans? I got super lucky. New Orleans paid for a good part of my wedding with a slot machine, so I'll never Once again. forget that as my honey hole. Um, but game, yeah, gambling, it was at the airport in New Orleans. No, right? it was it was at the Haraz. But they also like it's Harris. Harris, Haraz. The Haraz. <laughs> I call it Haraz. Haraz. Well, you're yeah, because you were probably saying it's Haraz. probably Haraz, and everybody just thinks it's Harris. But probably they named it because everybody was like Hurrah every time they fucking won. Yeah. Anyways, so we love gambling, and we definitely love gambling on sports, and we always do that over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. College football is back. Oh. We got August. This is the last. This next Saturday coming up is the last Saturday without college football until Christmas time. And that's even bowl games. So we got until January, not another Saturday after this one in 2022 without college football. And you can jump in with all the great offers from the DraftKings Sportsbook and celebrate the best time of the year. All new customers bet just $5 on any team and you get $200 in free bets instantly. Win like me, or lose, like Mitchell. You can also place the same game parlay for a shot at a bigger payout, combining multiple bets, on like which team's going to win, what the over-under's going to be, how, how many touchdown passes is Russell Wilson going to throw, how many 
touchdown catches is Jerry Judy going to have? And you can do that all over at the DraftKings Sportsbook, which is always safe, secure, and reliable. And you can withdraw cash whenever you decide to put it on your credit card, do whatever you want with it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR and bet just $5 on college football. Week one, I think it's Nebraska and Northwestern, or Nebraska and Illinois. Like, definitely betting against, against Nebraska. <laughs> Speaking of Nebraska, though, I'm not going to talk too much shit because there may or may not be a guest here in a couple weeks. Former Nebraska football player. Not going to release those names at all, but... We can still rip Nebraska. Though. Oh, yeah. He's, a, he's a Colorado kid. He's a cool guy, but fuck Nebraska. But uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code DNVR. All you have to do is bet $5 on any college football game, and you get $200 in free bets instantly. That's dra- that's code DNVR only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customer only. Minimum of $5 deposit. $2, $200 free bets issued as 8 $25 free bets. Restrictions do apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We also have to tell you guys about our friends over at the Colorado Golf Association. We've gotten to play a ton of fun events, just tournaments and f- member play days and stuff like that. They hook it up over there with us. And you guys can join over 70,000 golfers in the Colorado Golf Association receive an official USGA handicap with worldwide access to score posting and GPS tracking. Trust us, as club pros, it's much more fun when you get to post your scores yourself versus all the people that call us every day and fucking ask us to log in for them or send them a reset password or the members just hand us their phones and say, hey, can you do that? Like, It's become a joke. We are literally an IT department. (laughs) But membership at the CGA, it's not just a handicap. Like, You get to play courses such as Aspen Glen, one of my favorites, if not favorites in Colorado. The club at Ravenna, the Pinery, all these other good spots all around the state of Colorado. You gain access to exclusive content and discounts from national and local companies, including Imperial, like the hats. Imperial hats are sell out instantly in the shop, Golf Tech, and at the PGA Superstore. So visit the visit coloradogolf.org, use DNVR5, and you get $5 off your membership. You get a handicap, you get all these exclusive offers, and they have a huge raffle where you can stay play and stay at your dream vacation at Whistling Straits, Naples, and YLA and Maui. So many different options, and Colorado Golf Association, Golf Association gives you all of those. So head over to coloradogolf.org and use that promo code DNVR5. You get $5 off your membership with the Colorado Golf Association. All right, back to the playoff. Okay, Take so- us through it. Take us through your, your perspective of First of all, getting into the playoff, and then just the different emotions of Straka, of Zal Torres. He was yeah. clearly pumped up, just fired his caddy. I alluded <laughs> to all this. If you don't follow us on Instagram, at Big Drive Energy Pod, tweeted out the video of the overlay of me just talking about my win. I'm going to sit back and then sip this wine. And, you know, for the record, wine, when you drink wine, it's not drinking. So, all of you guys out there listening, if you're. If you have a glass of wine at night, that's not I do not consider that drinking. So Drink a whole bottle. That. Drink a fucking bottle. You can hold that in your hearts as well. But yeah. take us through the playoff <laughs> leading up to it, everything. And the big win for Willie Z, who yeah. most money made on tour before his first win in a season ever. Yeah. Before and, a win in a season. Well, and that's what we've been talking about, dude. We've been waiting for him to finally break out and, and get that signature W, and I think he did it this week. Um, let's see... 
can you pull up his putting stats this week? Because they actually had his putting coach on, and his putting stroke still looked like shit. But I think he's legit one of those dudes, like, you know, one of those one-of-us moments where I think he feels more comfortable over a 10-, 15-footer than he does over a 2- or 3-footer. Like, I think he's legit just got kind of the yips. So he bangs in all these 10-, 15-footers, and his stroke looks good, but I think the smaller his stroke gets, the sketchier it gets. So I think he's pretty safe from 10, 15 feet, and that's kind of where he likes to live. But he knocked, Willie Z knocked in a, like a 12-footer on 18 for par to get into the playoff because it was kind of looking like he was toast. Um, and the, the playoff in general was pretty intense because 18, like I said, I referenced it earlier, is a fucking hard hole. Like where that pin is, everything um, – and Seth, I honestly got kind of confused there for a second because I thought Strzok was going to win it on the second hole. Um, hit it to like five feet, but he had to take a drop out of the hazard, I think. That <laughs> had to have been what it was because his tee shot was flirting really close to the hazard. And then he ended up just on the left left side, hit it to like five feet, banged it home for par. But ultimately, the, the biggest mistake... Like, they were both kind of grinding it out. It's not going to be one of those uh, super, like, birdie fest playoffs just because they, they played a few tough holes. But their so their third playoff hole was the par three. It was 150 yards. And the biggest, I guarantee you, Sepp Straka is absolutely kicking himself over this. So Will Zalatoris hits it, and it was the infamous sit, sitting on the rock wall. You saw that, I assume. 100%. Um, where, who knows how the fuck it sat there, but fucking really good luck on his part. Um, well, it turned out to really not be good luck. It really didn't matter. Because, so Straka is teeing off, and it's a t- like tucked right pin over water. Um, but then he sees Will Zalatoris in the hazard, basically unplayable shot. Like, you know he's going to make at least four. Uh, regard Well, not guaranteed for but he's making at the the highest he'd make a really good par so straka in his mind i think you got to be thinking par there hit it on the green and straka steps up and hits it in the fucking water and i don't know where you can be mentally to do that like you got to be thinking center of the green center of the green all fucking day and i don't know if it was a, a swing air or a mental air but it looked like he was being way too aggressive Regardless of, of the the intention of that shot, um, or regardless of the end result, the intention just did not seem correct because he should not have even been close to that fucking pin. It's like 12 at Augusta, the fucking par 3 at Amen Corner. It, it's you, you aim to the center of the green. When that pin's tucked right, you aim long and left, and at the most you make three. But he fucking hits it in the water, and then... Will Zalatoris ends up taking a drop, and then fucking Straka just made a, a mockery of it. He hit his wedge shot. He dropped, hit a wedge shot into the back bunker. Hit, I think he ended up making five. And so Will Zalatoris ends by winning a playoff with a bogey on a 150-yard par three. That's pretty fucking sad. Pretty wild. So do you want those Will Zalatoris putting stats? And yeah, let's go hear a little it. bit into his stroke a little bit more. So... He ranks 187th on tour in putting between 4 and 8 feet. He makes about 64% of them with a tour average of 69%. So basically, 
over a season that kind of a, a relates to about 10 putts missed that a normal PGA Tour player would make over a season from 48 Can feet. you think about the amount of money 10 strokes fucking gets you in a PGA Tour season? That's mi- that's that's at least a million bucks. Oh, 100%. And short, you know, his but his speed control is elite. So he is third on tour in approach putt performance, leaving his ball exactly two feet on average um, away from the hole, essentially when he's hitting longer putts. He is also 18th in putts per green in regulation, which for a tour player that is top 10 in greens in regulation, it's a big deal. For so, sure. So it's not like we see the stroke and we want to make fun of the stroke, but it's three-putt avoidance really with speed control, which is huge. And that's really the the tough thing is it comes down to making those short putts, which is what we always see if he misses one or he makes a real dog shit stroke. But what you don't see a lot of is him hitting a 30-footer to two inches, you know, and and not three-putting or hitting a 50-footer to a foot. So it sounds like he's actually getting fairly dialed in with the putter, and that's a pretty fucking dangerous thing because he's one of the best ball strikers on tour by far. Um, probably top five easily. Talk about a tiny dude. We're talking about tiny guys. Yeah, that motherfucker we... weighs as much as my left leg. If and that's light. Like I think he's got to be smaller than Rory. He's smaller than fucking everyone. I think he weighs 150 pounds. So just the fact that he moves it the way he does is fucking incredible. Um, and the guy's just been getting it done all year. Like finally, glad he was able to break out and get that W and let's see if this fucking takes the lid off of it for him. But I will say I have to give my, some credit to myself, which I have never had a problem doing the Tony Finau pick looked pretty fucking good for a while. And I still think he's in the running to win the entire FedEx cup with his high finish this week. Uh, everything he's just trending in the right direction. I, he's fucking playing really good. Oh, another player that I wanted to touch on, J.J. Spawn. That was a fucking tough scene for him because he was playing pretty fucking well. Um, he had the lead for a good bit he, of the well, tournament. Yeah, he was going into Sunday with the lead. Let's look at where he finished because I think he shot like 80 yesterday. <laughs> it, it was not fucking good. Um, <coughs> God. And wine's yeah, getting to me. JJ Spawn shot eight over yesterday. Yikes. To finish five under T42. He fucking went in. Let, let's see if we can pull up this here scorecard. He went into Sunday uh, with the lead and did not really show up, which sucks. Like, it's unfortunate. But well, he's, and, we he's, were, and he's won on tour before, but he's not really that guy that knows how to bring home a, a playoff title. Like right, that. and we I was texting with RK about this on Sunday, um, and we were talking about like like pressure, and, and I had kind of been in and out of the tournament, um, and he was talking about the shot that Sepp Straka hit where he ended up not hitting the green. And I said, you know, pressure gets to these guys, and he's like, well, the pressure should have been off. And in a vacuum, technically it was, but the idea that you're – Playing again. now, it's a one v one match play style tournament essentially at this point in this playoff, and your opponent has hit it in the water. It, that in that vacuum, yes, your pressure is off you. The idea that you're about to take a FedEx Cup points lead on the PGA Tour by hitting a shot on the green and winning with a par yeah. is still pressure. 
and the guys that have not been there before and not done it before until they let they you know we it, flip it around Zalatoris did the same exact shit in the PGA Championship that's and, a fact. and so did um, Mito Pereira yeah. same exact story yeah and, and so a guy you, like Justin Thomas, who had been there before, just fucks around and wins. Yeah, exactly. And that you, you see that as a trend throughout the year where you'll see a guy get really close and falter down the stretch, and then he becomes better for it. And then from there, you see him win a couple months later, and you don't really think twice about it. But I guarantee you they're going back to that feeling of what happened, and they're analyzing why they didn't win that initial event and what decisions they made that that brought them to that point <laughs> so i know that will zalatoris has been in that spot a lot and to finally take home the w is awesome for him um but yeah let's go in real quick this was spawn's fucking uh jj spawn's scorecard yesterday so he goes out in 38 it's a par 35 he bogeys a par five the third and then he makes birdie so through six holes he's even par and then so the last 12 holes he was eight over which is tough. He he played seven and eight and three over, and then the back nine is where the wheels kind of came off. Um, 10, 10, 11, 12, 13, he played in four over, and then uh, finished 17, 18, bogey, bogey. So kind of rough for him. I know he still had a pretty good year, but just sucks to see somebody fucking play so well for three days and then just completely fall off the back end um one other quick mention cameron smith who finished t13 like we talked about uh he has withdrawn from the what is the next event it's the the next event in the <laughs> in the fucking playoffs the bmw the okay thank you yes the bmw out in wilmington delaware um and he he cited hip issues how much are you buying Cam Smith with the hip issues? Well, I'll tell you this. When you fucking... You know when... How they've like done these studies of men getting fucking serious issues to their back and their sciatica because their wallets are so fucking fat and they sit and drive on them all day? That's I think that's the hip issue Cam Smith's got going on. Like, Uneven hips. His fucking wallet is so fat now that he is a member of the Live Tour. Well, he's not he's, officially a member of the okay, Live. Okay, fucking, you know that money's been siphoned <laughs> to his account from some, God knows where. But even then, even take that away from it. The motherfucker's made a ton of money this year. He's won just about every big tournament he's been in. He's fucking... He's the man. I can't stop loving him. I will never stop loving him. But yeah, he's he's fucking sitting with his right his wallet's so fat. He's got so many American Express cards that are sticking it up. His cash is everywhere. His back hurts. His hip hurts. I don't fucking blame the guy. Because yeah. he's gonna come back. He's gonna fucking rehab. He's, he's, he's gonna, gonna get it rubbed out, Deshaun Watson style. <laughs> Too soon. And he's not suspended yet and, and or convicted. And he's going to come back and win the fucking FedEx Cup. And I still believe that. He's going to go to East Lake and win that fucking tournament and win the FedEx Cup. Okay, we'll save that fucking clip if that, that comes to pass. Cause... <laughs> write this down, hell, record this, Vic Lombardi style. Because he's he's going to do it. And he's got that ability, which is pretty rare for a dude to, to be able to say that they can do that. You know what I mean? Like He's just on that kind of streak where I guarantee you... It, and I guess I need to put my money where my mouth is and bet on it. But I would love to see Cam Smith's top five odds at Eastlake because I almost can guarantee he's going to top five there, cash in another big check. Um, 
One thing I just thought about, I bet this is another thing with Liv too. I bet they have all set up fucking offshore bank accounts and pay no income tax on that in America. I can almost guarantee that. That's so fucking genius. Imagine, just, it's hard to believe, but imagine where that money comes, like, when you get a live tour deposit, like, where does it come from? What does it say? Like, the Saudi American. We need to get, we need to get in with somebody here. I want to fucking all the deets. I want the I wanna, deets I down see to the, the fuck. Ba- yeah, I want to see the back end of this live tour, uh, the fucking logistics on this shit. Because I guarantee you, dude, they all have offshore fucking bank accounts set up in the Bahamas or, or wherever down off of Florida and fucking paying zero dollars in taxes. They're, they're cashing in a hundred milli tax free. So that's another advantage. Cause you know, the PGA tour, you're paying taxes on that shit. And that's why Phil moved from, uh, California to Florida. Cause you don't fucking pay income tax in Florida. So maybe that's why a lot of the, well, I know that's why a lot of the guys are moving to, to Florida or Texas. Cause you don't pay income tax. So, but wouldn't that be fucking insane? Like, I just can't understand. I still can't physically understand that concept of not paying an income tax. How and how like does getting it, a paycheck and it's just actually being your fucking paycheck? Yeah, hundred percent. Or pretty close to it. Well, the one thing I will say is, I guess in Texas and in Florida, they have really high property taxes, um, so it kind of offsets the the income tax. But then, like, if you're really rich and you just rent a place, then you really don't pay property tax. Um, I'm assuming you own other places, but you know, if you rent your your main residence and you're, you're offsetting that. Um, but yeah, could you imagine seeing a live deposit? Like how many fucking, how many zeros can fit in one single deposit? Cause if there's, what is there's nine, eight zeros on a million. So there's another fucking, there's 10 zeros. Like they got to flip their fucking phone sideways for all there. That's like zeros. And then it's, <laughs> it's got like, like an arrow. runs off the screen. Yeah. It's got an arrow. That's like, show more to the right like can you fucking Fuck, that sounds good right like they they are not fucking short on cash over there um random topic and i don't want to prop saudi arabia up by any means but on that subject have you seen their proposal for an, this fucking city that they want to create in 20 years have you heard about this? No, we heard about this shit in 2000 though and we're sitting here in 2022. No, this is shit. this is real cuz they've got trillions of dollars like fucking i i don't even think one human brain could comprehend the amount of money they have um but their their proposal what they're going to try to do is build an indoor city that runs 100 miles long and it's only six blocks wide so about six blocks what say that's like what vegas feels like when you're (laughs) fucked up yeah exactly exactly like you're looking from one end to strip the, the the strip to the other but dude, they're building this whole indoor city that's going to be completely like everything in this area, and it's going to have a bunch of solar and a bunch of fucking wind power on it. Like they're doing some crazy shit over there, and I'm not saying it's good, or I mean it, it would just be wild to see this fucking city come about because I listen to a podcast on it and it sounds pretty fucking insane. Um, but they they just have more money than they could possibly fucking even consider spending so uh speaking of the live tour we mentioned in the intro that tiger woods is is host well tiger woods isn't hosting it but the pga tour is now hosting like they it seems like they've kind of gone into panic mode a little bit where they're they're kind of pulling out all the stops like what can we do 
to stop the bleeding with all these guys leaving for the live tour and tiger's kind of on the uh the the forefront of that with ricky fowler it sounds like who fucking is more well known for commercials anymore than he is his golf i thought one of the funniest fucking things i don't know if i mentioned this in the pod but he played at the rocket mortgage because that's like one of his biggest sponsors is rocket mortgage like he's got them all over his fucking body their logo so he's playing in the rocket mortgage up in detroit he missed the fucking cut and still they were showing him on tv on saturday on the range like he's not playing but he was just out hitting balls on the range trying to get some fucking FaceTime at his pretty much flagship event that he missed the cut for. Like, that... I, I think that's kind of a low point where he's like, I either need to get better or fucking give this up and just become, like, a commentator. Because that's fucking bad. Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. Well, I have a take. So, I have a take on this whole Tiger Woods scenario. Tiger Woods... He was limping like fucking crazy coming off that jet, by the way. The reason... Oh, uh, dude, yeah. Jet lag, fucking sitting there drinking a few drinks, not driving himself for once. Like, the guy's got to be fucking living it up. <laughs> but I will... I, so I have a take on this Tiger Woods thing. I was thinking about this today. Tiger Woods. This should be spicy. Th- this is an argue... You know, we've had this argument. Greatest golfer of all time. That's that's an open argument, which I'm willing to not have at this point, currently, uh, while recording with you. But... Tiger Woods is the greatest figure in golf and maybe a top, a top three, if not top one, greatest figure in sports history, right? In terms of what he single-handedly did for one sport. Now, it's a single, it's a single person sport. It's you know an individual sport. It's not a team sport, so I understand. Sports, sports, sports. Sports, 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 more sports. <laughs> a lot of sports. Um, but... I will say, so he, he's one of the most polarizing figures in sports history, if Absolutely. not the most. You yeah. got Brady, you got you got Jordan, you got Woods. Those yeah. are probably the three. I think that's fair. Okay. Now, he's going to bat for the PGA Tour. But I think this is all a little hokey to me in the fact of, like, if you're sitting there and you're a PGA Tour player, grinding your fucking bag off to barely make it to this playoff, to then shoot like shit, Shoot in your in the seventies. Shoot like shit. That, you, you, just, that was like very the, fuck. The, I just play. sound like every asshole that comes into the pro yes, shop. I, I just sh- shot an eighty-five <laughs> shelf. I think we got to cut that. Yeah, probably. But, uh, with a golf club, shoot yourself in the foot with your own golf club. But no, the, that's uh, the I hit an eighty-five shot. I no, shot I, eighty-five. No, I sh- I shoot. I sh- or I, I shot, shot in bad. Or I shot, I shot in- horrible. Yeah. I'm actually going to fucking notate that yeah, in the we notes. Should, we should probably cut that. But, okay, so the um, the fact that he, as the greatest golfer of all time, made the most money of all time, is now sitting here and telling all these other PGA Tour players that they should be completely fine with the money they're making and not go make more is a little bit fucking kind of... Oh, it's, uh, you know, it's, like you understand what I'm saying, though. It's like, do as I say, not as I do. Correct. Like, yeah. Like, oh, it's like, very. Not everybody has his fucking talent. Like, talk about a separation there. Tiger Woods. Nobody else is Tiger Woods. Nobody's ever going to be Tiger Woods, and Tiger Woods is sitting here saying this is the best tour ever. Yeah, for you. Yeah. Like, ex- yeah, because <laughs> you won every fucking event you played yeah. in for ten years. You played a bunch of fucking insurance salesmen twenty years. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, Don't that... go JJ Redick on their ass. <laughs> that... Bunch of mailmen and fucking easy. No, JJ. no, no. He, but he, do you understand where oh, I'm coming completely, from? Completely, like, dude. He it's... is on another level from every single one of these fucking poor dudes he's sitting in front of it, giving this 
fucking hoorah speech yeah. about the PGA Tour. Some dude just pulled up in his fucking Chevy Malibu rental car <laughs> and Tiger's getting off the PGA like, oh, you should stick with the PGA Tour. It's like, fuck that. Like, Taylor Gooch is fucking sitting in his mansion, 30 mil in pocket, like, oh, sell me on the PGA Tour a little more. Why, I should pay for all my fucking caddy expenses, my travel expenses, everything. I get no guaranteed pay. And that's, like, if you look at it like any other sport, just imagine, imagine football. If you got paid every week by how well you performed. That'd be fucking asinine. No, nobody would fucking take that. And then they're like, oh, your treatment? You pay for that. Oh, uh, your coaches, your anything? You pay for that. Your, uh, your living, the way you get there, the way you get to this football game, you pay for that. And then some fucking other football league comes along. They're like, oh, look, we're going to pay for all this. And we'll even guarantee you some money. Like, we'll pay, we'll make you a guaranteed fucking contract. Who's going to say no to that? Like... I know we've kind of gotten into this in weeks past, but I'm just being really real. Like, all these people that are saying fuck the live, like, I'm just kind of that kid in the corner, like, like tapping their fingers together, that evil, like, finger tap, just watching the PGA Tour kind of burn. Because I think it's pretty fucking exciting, honestly. Yeah, like fucking squirming. They're trying to find yeah. more money. They're trying to get Tiger Woods on their fucking side. It's just... There, it's just a whole, just going down in fucking flames. Yeah, when and it's not. It's not. We're seeing the start of it now. Oh, it's not even. There's going to be a lot more fucking fallout unless the PGA Tour flat out bends the knee and is like, "What can we do to partner with you guys?" And honestly, Galaxy Brain, maybe this is Greg Norman's fucking play the entire time. Maybe he's trying to figure out a tour. And I mean, I could be completely 100 percent wrong, but I don't really necessarily feel like I am. Maybe I am. <laughs> I just went fucking in my own brain in a circle. But I think Greg Norman wants that recognition from the PGA Tour that he's built something so big that they have no fucking other option but to partner with him. Isn't that kind of a fair... That could... We could save... Where there's multiple clips from this pod that we should be saving yeah, for I've... future reference. Because I've never thought of it that way. Like... He wants to make, like, he had to start his own thing because the PGA Tour wasn't letting him, like, Monaghan wasn't over here, like, oh, yeah, just take take over, or you can say this and that. Like, even though you made your career here, yeah. now, you know, how many times in this world has somebody made their name by doing one thing and then created their own thing and made it better? Yeah. Almost everything, everything in the world is always made better the second time around because Absolutely. people see the downfalls. They see when you're now, in the granted, middle of this it, this is you... a fucking totally, this is, this isn't apples and apples with that comparison. This is apples and oranges, but the general concept still, still holds true that if, if you're Greg Norman wants to create something totally different, the same general concept there, yeah, you got good golfers playing golf. Yeah, that's that's where it stops with these two levels of tour and these two different entities. Yeah. Oh, 100%, dude. And I I honestly do think I've kind of convinced myself more and more as I say it that I think fucking Greg Norman wants to walk into a boardroom with fucking Jay Monahan on the other side getting ready to bend the knee to him and be like, "What can we do to collaborate with you guys?" I think that's ultimately what he wants. Like he wants a fucking seat at the table, and I don't even think he's stopping at a seat. I think he wants the whole fucking table for himself. And that's what it seems like he's getting, dude. He wants the last supper in him in the <laughs> middle of the fucking table. Yeah, it's going to be Greg Norman with his giant hog 
under the table fucking. That thing still gives me the fucking Wilsons, dude. Yeah, that's that's like the eighth wonder of the world. Holy shit! But I I really do think that he's he's to the point now where he thinks he's like bigger than the P. He, he thinks he's like bigger than any tour, and the and the biggest part of it too. Like I read uh, some of his Forbes interview um, that he did, which was really cool. If you have a chance, read up on it, check it out. But as we all know, this money is endless. Like. There, this tour isn't a. This isn't the USFL. This isn't the AFL. You know that they're not fucking. They they have billions of dollars to put into this, like billions and billions. So there's they're not. They they have they can afford to lose money right now to gain it down the road because they are gonna make it back if they stay on this clip. And in all honesty, when's the last time anybody in all of sports? has been as successful creating a competitive uh, a competitor to a main league. When's the last time anyone did it? Not successfully. Not, Fucking not McMahon, in 50 Vince years. McMahon tried yeah. everybody's trying to do it with the NFL, but not they're not directly competing. They're I don't know if it's ever been done, even remotely yeah. done to the fact of where it's being talked about. For sure. For sure, dude. And I I honestly think this is some groundbreaking shit where there's I bet the 30 for 30 on this 20 years from now is going to be fucking unreal. Like talking Unless to, ESPN bans it from being covered. Yeah, no shit. Because they're all so fucking high and mighty with all the money they take from God knows where, from China. Like, China's so much better than fucking Saudi Arabia. Fucking LeBron James. That was just out of nowhere. I just hate that guy. Alright. <laughs> well, he's a big China guy too. Like, he he has a real problem with everything else, but then when it comes to uh, social issues and kids in the workplace at five years old making his shoes. I was going to say, that's where his shoes are made. Bro. Yeah, that's... Full stop. Yeah, f- fucking... He, there's toddlers over there putting his shoes together, and he doesn't give a fuck about that. But then other social issues, he's all over, you know? So, uh, whatever. Uh, that's a topic for a different time. Yeah, 100%. But, all right, do you want <laughs> to move into top douchebag golf moves? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so... We got this list from Zyre Golf. Uh, if you don't follow them, they're pretty good. Like I, I don't. I'm not a big. Inst- I, I, I'm on Instagram. We obviously have our Big Drive Energy Pod Instagram. Follow it uh, if you're listening to this. We are going to be doing a giveaway pretty soon. I think we hit a million likes on TikTok. A million. A million. A million. A million. <laughs> I'll put some a little Wayne fucking clip in there. Should we be like every fucking twenty year old or eighteen year old or twenty one year old ever and get those big balloons and do a fucking? Oh god! Have you that, seen that, those? It would actually be almost so ridiculous. That's that, funny. That we should. Yeah. Do it. That we probably like should. have a dog sit, have Joker like sitting in the front. And be like, we just wanted to thank all of you for all your support and all your help to get us to a million. That would be pretty funny, but. but we should desire golf great follow on instagram i'm not like they post they posted a few of our tiktoks yeah they have shout out zyre any but any like any of these golf instagrams they're just just so so repetitive and the memes same thing over and over and over and there's so many posts like i get that get creative i get that's how you become big but so top 10 goose top 10 golf douchebag moves we'll start with number 10 Saying and then we're gonna add our spin to these or make comments as we go along. So and I can probably relate to some of these. Oh, it's not we both I'm, can. Okay, 100%. I'm not a golf douchebag, but maybe I am. I All don't right, feel like I 
Well, and it also, like, this is very dependent on your skill level. Yeah. If you're playing all four 20s, like 20 handicaps, and, like, some of these, yes. Yeah. If you're a bunch of scratch golfers, some of these are just, like, a thing that happens. Yeah. So that plays into it. But, all right, number 10, saying this is a birdie hole frequently. Um, I, I do that, I guess, I do that, but at Spring Valley, because I've played there a million times. Well, see, in saying, I, saying it's a birdie hole is, I say, I always say it's a gettable hole. Like, you can possibly make birdie here. Saying, saying. See, gettable to me thinks you can hit a groove into par five or drive the green. (laughs) Okay, yeah. yeah. But see, I say it's like, it's pretty accessible is what the term I use. Be like, green's pretty accessible. You can definitely make a birdie here, but I'm never like if you get some 15 handicap out there. No offense, to all the 15s, but be like, this is a birdie hole. Technically, no holes a birdie <laughs> hole for you. Technically, so, this is a technically a bogey net par hole for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or maybe, a net birdie hole. Yeah, a par maybe net a birdie net hole. birdie, but not te- technically speaking. Like, there's not very <laughs> many <laughs> actual fucking birdie holes. So without a lot of shit, that's a fact. So that is hard. a pretty douchebag move. That that is a douchebag move for okay, sure. Yeah, that's a very skill dependent. Unless right. you're like a plus four. Uh, number nine, complaining that your approach shots get too much backspin. <laughs> I do this frequently. Well, you hit it fucking higher than a giraffe's asshole. You swing a sixty degree, one hundred and ten percent. You hit it one hundred and twenty yards, and then it rips off the front of the green. I haven't. I've gotten better. Let's at talk. That. It, let's talk a little bit about controlling your ball flight. That's. But, I'm all about the driving wedge. Quick golf tip: You'll never see a PGA Tour pro hit a full wedge. If they're unless it's depending on the the lie and everything, um, but rarely if they are if a PGA Tour pro is in between clubs. He is taking more club and dialing it back in order to control trajectory and spin. You're rarely going to see a PGA Tour Pro swing as hard as they fucking can at a wedge. So just a fun fact, get dialed in with those numbers. Work on just fucking a 70% gap wedge, you know, in the wind. Those are always shots that are going to come into play. So, All right, number eight, asking someone what their handicap is within three minutes of meeting them. I feel like that... <laughs> We see we can't always relate to all of these because that's straight up a move that we would never pull. Yeah. Unless like we're never within three minutes of meeting them if you're actually playing them and you're trying to figure out strokes, that's a fair assessment. I don't think that's that big of a douchebag move. I think if you're just a general golfer and you're meeting another general golfer in a non golf setting and you do that, complete douchebag move. I think one of the biggest douchebag moves kind of on the same topic is saying, oh, I used to be this handicap. Oh, yeah. You know, that's so that, that that's, yeah. oh, I used to, I used I, to be a six. Yeah, and now you're a 15. Well, you're a fucking 15. Yeah. You're, you're it, not a six anymore. Exactly. And you probably were never a six. You were probably a 10 yeah. that thought he was a six. <laughs> exactly. So I think, do you like that little spin on that? Yeah. I think that's a bigger douchebag move than asking. Like, that's an innocent question. Like, that's like asking, oh, when's the baby due? <laughs> yeah. That's not an innocent question. That was a joke. No. But, all right, number seven, wearing long white pants when playing in the heat as if you're on the tour. Wearing pants is just a thing. Yeah, that that's all do I do. Now. I like, never wear golf shorts. It, it's That could be looked at as a douchebag move depending upon the difference of gro- where, you, like, where you grew up or what you do. I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. I wear pants every time I play golf. 99% of the time when I play golf. And I don't care how hot it is. I life hack. Like, I found this out by playing with a few of my buddies that, well, including you, that fucking sometimes hit it 100 yards offline. And not to say I don't ever do that, but pants come in fucking handy when you're 
walking through three foot weeds. Like you're getting those stickers in your fucking socks. You're getting your fucking calves all scraped up. Pants are kind of a galaxy brain move. Like, and then, I mean, my legs are white, but it's better than that. The fucking farmer's tan I have on my arms and my fucking, it's bad. Like my arm, my forearm to my upper arm is just a tough scene. I will say the white, long white pants saves them here. If they just said long pants or pants in general, I'd have a big problem with this. White pants are kind of a douchebag move. I was definitely there when I was probably 17 But dude, it's so nice and cool. The one, the douchiest outfit I ever wore, and I have pictures of it on Facebook that, it was back when, it was like 2011, 2012 when white was really in. You know, like everybody on tours wearing white this, white that, white belt, white shoes. Remember when you caddied for me at Talking Stick? And I had white shoes, white pants on, a white belt, a white puma shirt that had like a few like blue and pink like their like star logos or whatever not star logos they're like trapezoid i don't even fucking know a few like white and pink logos on the shirt and then a white hat like i was white 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 to a t um and i was actually super tan so it looked pretty fire but all white can be a douchebag move but white is the way to go as long as you're committed to just wearing them one day and then you know they're going to be dirty they're going in the wash like, if I'm wearing white pants, I know it's a one-time thing. Sometimes with golf pants, like tan or black, those are usually my go-to. You can reuse those. Those are... You can get a couple of rounds depending on how much your hoop's sweating. If you got a fucking ring around your asshole, then probably go in the wash. Yeah, white pants are definitely a... They're definitely an intense move. You gotta be ready to, for to hear about anything when you're wearing the white pants. Alright, moving on to number six. Saying hit that off the toe after a 330-hour drive. We won't get too much into this. Sometimes that flat out just happens. You hit it off the toe, you hit it off the fucking toe. That doesn't matter how far it goes. It's just yeah, a fact. No, it, it can be a great drive off the heel. It can be a great drive off. The I toe. love a good fucking toe hook. Yeah, like every... or another galaxy brain life hack. If you fade the golf ball and you toe it, it's gonna go straight. So that everyone's like, oh, that one went straight, and they usually fade it. It's because you towed it. That's just a fact. Just a fact. You fucking towed it. It's it is what it, it is what it is at this point. All right, number, uh, this one's great because this is fucking you and the fucking, to a T. Uh, number five, saying that you push or pull to drive even though it's in the fairway. Also a fact, but that's a very level type of thing. Yeah, that's a... Yeah, if you're trying to hit it to the left If you have a dude who hit his fairway, first fairway of the day and he goes, oh, I pushed that, shut the fuck up. If you've hit every single fairway and you're just hitting piss missiles right down the middle and then you miss one like 20 yards right or you kind of stick yourself behind a tree you probably miss that so that's okay like just because you're in the fairway doesn't mean it's a great position that's kind of a douchebag thing to say that's very, oh <laughs> let's add that to the fucking list being out of position when you're in the fairway yeah that is a big fucking... i could just start my own douchebag list right here um let's let's move on uh quickly or not so quickly to the next one. Do you have it? All right. Uh, number four, being unsatisfied with an approach shot that is three feet from the pin. That is an ultimate douchebag move. I don't give a fuck who you are. Yeah. Unless you just completely thinned it and feel bad about it and then get excited later. That, like, three feet is a joke. Mitchell will do it with an eight to ten footer. I'll do it sometimes with an eight, ten, twelve footer just because I know I'm like Will Zalatoris not making it. Um, especially when I have a 50-yard pitch shot. But a three-footer, that shit, that is a full douchebag move. Number two, number three, excuse me, re- using a rangefinder on a par four tee box. 
false. I don't think that's a douchebag move. I feel like that's just like, unless you're like, oh, I'm going to, even then, like, I don't know. Like, sometimes it's. You think it's douchey? No, I don't. It's so contextual. Is yeah. that a word? Yeah. Like, if you're like, if you have word. a 340-yard par, par four, and, and you're, you're trying, trying to, to figure out, like. To get yeah. to a good yardage. Yeah, that's, that's not a douchebag move. That's very, very contextual. Yeah. Consexual. Consensual. <laughs> that's. That's fucking. That's something Word else. salad. All right, number two. Uh, I do this all the time. I did it a ton at City Park in the Skyline Scramble, walking in a putt. Oh, Spencer is uh, the, yeah, king, the of... king of the walk-in. When I see one going in, I'm walking after oh, it. Oh, dude. Kevin Na style. Yeah, yeah, it's... I, th- I think walking in is low-key fire because everybody knows how douchey it is. So now it's kind of gotten to the point where it's like, oh, that was fucking sick. Like, yeah. You knew it was in and it just broke right into the hole. That's fucking cool. 100%. And then number one, club twirling after bombing a drive. Fuck that. I love That's a good fire. club twirl. Especially if you're like in Wait, a match or in intense. It doesn't right. matter what also, skill Also, when level. you just nut one and it's just fucking subconscious. Like you, you don't think you're not like, oh, follow through club twirl. You just like hit one on the screws and it's just like, it's just fucking like you're, I'm not going to get too graphic here, but <laughs> it's kind of just finishing off like an, a nice feeling. So <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I, but you, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to twirl the club after this. It's like, that is the result uh, in my mind of what a good shot should be. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Like that. Yeah, just like if you want to give a club twirl, that's a little douchey, but at the same time, if you just hit a really good shot. Now, that's all these are very contextual. Very, I'm getting very good at saying that word, but they are just, it's, it, a club twirl just feels good sometimes. Sometimes you just got to put it in the holster. Yeah. And do you know what else I realize is everybody else club twirls wrong? Like everybody says you should twirl the club with your right hand. That's just flat out not a fact. Like... We need a video instruction. Maybe we'll drop that on the TikTok, how to club twirl. That's a genius idea. Because so many people, like you see with the right hand, it looks all forced. I could literally do it with one hand. I can't really show you right now because this is audio. (laughs) But you fucking take your thumb and you pretty much just spin, spin your thumb off. Like kind of like you're dropping like a dreidel. (laughs) I don't, dreidel is the first, a top, something like that. You know what I mean? Where you just flick it and it just spins in your hand i see people that are like oh you club turtle with your right you're out of your fucking tree that's what makes you look like you suck (laughs) that makes it look like you do very few club twirls yeah there's there's certain things people do with their club when they get done and you're just when they get done hitting and you're like wow that you're not used to hitting it that well yeah exactly and there's certain things we do when we get done on this podcast that we just don't uh, we just you can just tell we're not doing it well, and we're gonna do that at this moment. <laughs> we're we're gonna wrap it up for today. Um, appreciate you guys always listening. Make sure you follow us on t- Twitter at Big Drive Energy, on Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod, as well as TikTok at Big Drive Energy. Shout out to us for a millie. Make sure you're checking out the tournament. We have a one millie, last tournament this week. You need to get signed up. Raccoon Creek. Raccoon Creek, September 2nd. Start off your Labor Day with our kickoff classic. You can get all those over at dnvrlocker.com. Make sure you're checking all that out. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you next week with one week left in the FedEx Cup playoff. Uh, FedEx, FedEx Cup playoffs. And we'll have another winner for you as well, hopefully. Let's go. All right. Peace. Peace.